Keyboard Kimura Podcast is brought to you by OneBone. If you're a bigger guy like me, chances are you've had problems finding shirts and gear that fits properly. The length is there, the sleeves are too wide, and the fit is all boxy. If the sleeves are good, the shirt is a little too short, meaning your belly or your butt sticks out, which nobody likes. OneBone is the answer. The gear is made of 95% cotton and 5% spandex, meaning you get a little stretch and it fits right in all the right places. There's length to cover your gut and your butt with a number of different designs, styles, and colors to give you a complete wardrobe of good-looking gear that makes you feel comfortable and stylish every day. And as a supporter of this podcast, OneBone is offering you 10% off your next purchase with the promo code ESK10. That's my initials, E-S-K, all capitals, and the number 10. Just go to their website, onebonebrand.com, check out all the gear, figure out your size with their terrific sizing guide, and get yourself into some fresh new gear this summer and become a part of the growing One Bone community. One Bone, the biggest brand. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Keyboard Kimura podcast presented by One Bone. It is Monday at four o'clock in the afternoon here in Abbotsford, a little later in the day. Had some stuff to get through earlier before being able to jump on here and record this episode, which today I want to talk about um, abundance and scarcity as it relates or sort of tying into UFC 276, which takes place this weekend at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, and kind of the rest of the event slate for July in the UFC. So what do I mean when I say abundance versus scarcity? Well, let me read off the fight listing or the the lineup for UFC 276, and you will understand the abundance part of it. Main event, middleweight title fight, Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. Co-main event, featherweight title fight, the trilogy, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Sean Strickland versus Alex Pajera. Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barberina. Ian Gary versus Gabe Green. Jim Miller versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uriah Hall versus Andre Muniz. Jessica I versus Macy Barber. Brad Tavares versus Drickus Duplessis. And Jessica Rose Clark against Yulia Stolyarenko to open up the show. That is what I mean by abundance. That is an absolute banger of a card. 12 fights. All of them slap. All of them except maybe, you know, the opener and probably the veterans Miller and Cerrone running it back on short notice at welterweight. Everything else holds divisional significance or some kind of ramifications for at least one one person in that fight, right? The Tavares Duplessis is about can Kendrickus Duplessis show that he's a top fifteen guy? Can he move forward, beating a perennial perennially ranked fighter like Brad Tavares? Same for Macy Barber, Jessica I, Andre Muniz. Let's see if he's ready for the top ten. Ian Gary, Gabe Green is a tough test, an athletic guy, a little more experienced, a little pop in his hands, looked really good last time out. Bam Bam, Brian Barberina gets another fight against another tough veteran in Robbie Lawler after beating Matt Brown in his backyard in Columbus earlier this year. It's a chance to see if Bam can keep moving forward. Riddell and Turner is another one of those lightweight fights where it's guys that live just outside of the top 15 that have the potential and are, are doing well enough lately to go forward. I know Riddell is coming off a loss, but that was to Rafael Faziv, who is a top 15 guy. We know the quality of, of Brad Riddell. We want to see if Jalen Turner is there. 
O'Malley gets the test we've been waiting for in Pedro Munoz. Alex Pajera gets a test against Sean Strickland, who has been lights out since he came back. The winner of that one probably gets a middleweight title fight next. And then we've got the two championship bouts. Abundance. A smorgasbord of delicious fights. A buffet of violence on Saturday night inside the octagon. I don't think there's anyone that would argue that this card is not stacked, that this card is not worth the sticker price, that they're not going to have fun on Saturday night and spend the next four days being absolutely amped waiting for this thing to pop off. Because it is it is the best card of the year, in my, in my opinion. This is my favorite fight card of the year thus far. I'm so excited about all of these matchups. There's things that I will be talking about on Wednesday in one fight and, and Thursday in 10 things. I could probably do 15 to 20 things. That's how much I, I like this card and can't wait for Saturday to get here. The scarcity part of it, though, is that for every card like this that is loaded with, let's call it 10 meaningful, 10 divisionally significant or fighter significant fights, there's going to be a card like the July 9th show headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos and Rafael Faziv that is a little bit shorter on name brand fighters, on recognizable names, on big meaningful matchups with ranked competitors, because that's the trade-off. In order to have this weekend at UFC 276, there have to be a couple more weekends down the road or ahead of it that are a little bit lighter to accommodate things. Because as much as people kind of argue for and want to push the UFC to just have a constant buffet of great fights and meaningful fights and big names, that's just not available. This isn't a untapped gold mine of massive fights and massive names and superstars that everybody can get behind. There are a finite number of those athletes and those kinds of fights. And if there's multiple of them on this card on Saturday, it means those fights aren't available down the road. The reason I bring this up and make it the topic of this week's podcast is because it feels like it ties in with stuff that we've been talking about already this year and already on this show in terms of the UFC needing to build bigger stars, the UFC needing to build more stars, fight cards not being full of of exciting fights or the fights that necessarily draw people in. We had that conversation a month ago when Armin Saryukin and Matoish Gamrat were announced as the main event for last weekend's show. They, of course, went out on Saturday, blew the roof off the place. Great fight, one of the best of the year thus far, in my opinion. But it was a show that a lot of people in the buildup to it said wasn't quite good enough. Those guys weren't big enough names to be headlining. There weren't a lot of really big names on the show that were going to draw people in. And I don't want to relitigate any of that and, and get into why yay or nay again, because that podcast is here. Go check it out. It's a couple episodes back. It is there for you. But what I do want to say is that it's the trade-off, right? This is, this is sort of the trade-off. When we got into the discussion about that show on Twitter, one of the things somebody said was like, there needs to be fewer fights, fewer big fights, fewer big names on these shows like UFC 276. And listen, I absolutely agree. I'm someone that has written about that in the past, back in my days at the province doing the Keyboard Kimura blog there. 
I know I did it for UFC 205, which listen, I understood at the time full well why you blow out your first show in New York City at Madison's, Madison Square Garden. And you do the three championship fights and the prelims that are just loaded with great names and established names and really great fights. I think I wrote it for UFC 211 as well. There were a couple championship fights. We had Yair and Frankie Edgar. But it is a thing that happens with the UFC. And while I was very, very surprised to hear that on Twitter from that one gentleman, and I can't remember his name, I do apologize. My response at the time was, I think this is the first time I've heard somebody say they'd like the UFC to dial things back in one place in order to accommodate the other. Because that's exactly what needs to happen, but it's not often the solution that's presented by the MMA audience and, and people within the MMA community. The answers that are usually presented are, well, do fewer fights. Reduce the number of fight cards that you air. That way there's more fighters to be spread out across these fights. And while I get the argument, and I said this back a month ago when we talked about the Saryuk and Gamrot fight, it's just not feasible. It's not a real solution because the UFC isn't going to dial back. They're going to continue to push forward with the same number of events that they do now, next year and the years beyond that, because they have an agreement with ESPN. They like the way things are going and things are going very well for them. And I would argue that things are going well for us as fight fans because the fights over the last several weeks have been absolutely fantastic. Whether you are super familiar with all those names or not, the action in the cage and the product itself has been terrific. But what I will say is that that argument that was put forward or that solution that was put forward of fewer big names and fewer big fights on a card like this to make it better throughout the rest of the month, let's say, taking July as, a, as an example, is an absolutely terrific solution. And I, I hope that it would work, but I'm skeptical. And I'm skeptical because we've had too many UFC pay-per-view events and too many UFC fight cards in general where people look at the lineup and say, this is not enough. Whether it's not enough big names and big fights and meaningful fights to those people to justify the sticker price for ordering the pay-per-view, or whether it's an event like last week or the one after this on July 9th that doesn't have enough names to draw their interest and get them to decide to sit down on a Saturday and watch the fight card from start to finish or even just pick up the main card, whatever it may be. While I like to think that moving a couple of fights from here to those kinds of cards wouldn't result in a big defection of people from UFC 276, I don't think that's the case. Unfortunately, and maybe I'm cynical here in one of the few times that I'm cynical, I think the MMA community has changed the way that they look at these events and the expectations they have, not only for pay-per-view events, but for UFC events in general. Not to get all old man shakes hand at fist and waxes nostalgic for the days gone by, but I remember a time when UFC pay-per-views didn't have to be headlined by a championship fight, yet alone feature two title fights, as they do now. I remember watching events where Chuck Liddell and Keith Jardine were in the main event, and I was excited for it because I wanted to see that fight. It was a big enough fight to me that it made sense that they were in the pay-per-view main event. Now, if you want to argue, well, there were only two shows a month back then, maybe one show a month at that time, and so they threw it out and it was always a pay-per-view, great, cool, I understand. But that's still what happened. And over the years, as we progressed it, as we got 
bigger brand, bigger stars, bigger events, the pay-per-view changed and it became a different model and we, we got to where we are now. With a sticker price for me here in Canada in Abbotsford on Shaw at $65 a pop. I know it's greater for other people elsewhere. And that goes along with all the other things you pay for to be a fight fan. And it is a big annual ticket to be a fight fan and watch all of these events. But it's interesting to me the number of people and the shift that has happened over these last years. Where we've gone from one championship fight to two to now the two aren't even good enough sometimes. To where two title fights, there needs to be a third fight that's a big fight. And a fourth fight that's a big fight. In order for people to justify that cost or justify being excited about a UFC pay-per-view event. And so I just don't know that stripping this one down to bolster up others so that basically the rising tide raises all the ships is a thing that's going to be acceptable throughout the MMA community. It might be to individual pockets, and I would very much be a part of that. But I'm also going to be excited about July 9th and July 23rd and July 16th and all these other events that are in between the two pay-per-views this month. That's the other part of this. This card is this stacked and there's a pay-per-view at the end of the month still. 